the Priory Society Podcast. The one mindset that I've seen that runs through men who enjoy cuckolding is it's all about their wives. It's all about her pleasure. I love that. She is their goddess. He's an expert on cuckolding and hot wifing. His name is Michael C. And he has his own podcast called Keys and Anklets. There's a lot of confusion surrounding cuckolding. That's right. And the best way that I can explain it, based on the experience that I have, meeting couples, talking to couples, seeing what happens at my party, so on and so forth, it's a dynamic in which the female holds pretty much all of the sexual power. And then when you say chastity, do you mean that the husband Mm -hmm. physically has his dick locked up or that they're just denying the husband? A lock and key. Okay. Yeah, 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 lock and key. Like, he's in that locking cage, and usually she will wear that key somewhere on her person, somewhere where he can see it. You know, she's the key holder. And the folks that love the cream pie scenario where the husband maybe wants to clean up for bowl semen or what have you, yeah. percentage-wise, how many couples ask for cream pie her? Let me see that. Okay, that's a two-part question. And we found an expert. Yes. And he's going to break it down. You guys are going to get learned today. Right? <laughs> no matter how much a woman may enjoy being treated like a slut, at the end of the day, that's still that man's wife. Right. That's the mother of his children. That's his best friend. Yes. That's his soulmate. So there is a level of respect that should be afforded to them from the word go. That's beautiful. Welcome to the Priory Society. This sexy lifestyle podcast is for sexually open-minded people. Our listeners want to explore their sexual fantasies and desires by participating in the swinging lifestyle. This show is designed to chronicle our journey and experiences. We are not therapists and we do not give medical or professional advice. We broadcast for entertainment purposes only. This podcast contains explicit language and is intended for mature audiences. Hey everybody, welcome to the episode. We have an expert guest on the line with us. He's an expert on cuckolding and hot wifing. His name is Michael C. And he has his own podcast called Keys and Anklets, where he focuses on the cuckolding and hot wifing lifestyle. He's actually been living it for the last 17 years. And it's a lot of pussy. <laughs> <laughs> right? He's been there, done I that. would say, yeah, that's a good observation. And he's been hosting parties with the cuckold and BBC themes in the New York area for the past five years now. He recently got into podcasting, and he has a lot to share with you guys. So we're going to get into this topic. Michael, welcome to the show show. We're really excited to have you on with us. Good to have you here, man. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, so tell us a little bit about yourself because we want to know a little bit about you, how you got your start in the lifestyle, what your experience has been with cuckolding and hot wifing, so our listeners get an idea of who they're hearing from. I've always been a kinky type of individual. Many years ago, I started coming across websites and I saw that there were couples that were looking for a third. And you know that's something that appealed to me. And the very first experience that I had, I knew nothing about cuckolding at all. And I'm in the middle of playing with this couple. He's sitting there watching and I'm fucking his wife. And they both called me sir. And in my head, my internal dialogue, I'm saying to myself, did they just call me sir? Like, no, no, I'm I'm hearing things. I'm hearing things. They didn't say that. So I keep playing. I keep playing. And then they say it again. And so internally, I'm like, okay, I know I heard it that time. Why are they calling me sir? Like, they're older than me. Right. You know, did I tell them I'm in the military or something? Like, why why are they calling me sir? Like, I I had never heard of cuckolding prior to this point, but it didn't bother me. Mm -hmm. Like, it, it made me really curious. 
after that experience, I just started gathering as much information as I could, reading about it. <laughs> yeah, I like this. Right? Like, you know, yeah, exactly. Like I, I wanted to learn about it. Like, okay, what, what's behind it. that? What's with the whole sir thing? Yeah. And the more I learned about it, the more I read about it, the more it just appealed to me. It's such a fascinating and exciting lifestyle. I was like, okay, I got to have this. Right. Now, were you in a, any kind of a relationship at this time or were you single? What was your deal? Oh, no, I was single. Okay. I was single. And that's what made it so appealing in the beginning was, you know, for a single guy. Oh, shit. Dream come true. This an av- <laughs> yeah, this is an avenue that you had into the swinging world. Because, you know, usually as a single guy, you know, you're usually not on the desired list. Right. You know, there's, you know, many parties where they don't even allow single guys. That's or right. if they do, it's in a very, very, very limited number. Right. Yeah. And what I learned more. early on was, yeah, exactly. And what I learned early on was being a black man kind of gave me an advantage because for whatever reason, we're a fetish. You know, like there yeah. are people out there who was specifically looking for men like me. Right. So that made it easy for me to kind of transition into. So I never had to go through the period where I was saddled with a partner and therefore had to get into it that way. Now, shortly after I got into it, I wound up being in a relationship with somebody for a short time and we would go to parties. And even going to couples parties, I started to see that couples would still seek me out where the husband would be like, Hey, I don't want to play with your lady. I'll just sit there and watch, Mm -hmm. you know? So I started seeing it even at a swinging type of function as a black man, I was still sought after. Right. And you know, I'd pretty much been hooked on it from the word go and I haven't looked back. Hell yeah. (laughs) Right. Who wouldn't man? You can't go back. (laughs) Sounds That's amazing setup right there. So is that about the same amount of time, 17 years when the first man asked you to fuck his wife? 17 years ago now? Yeah, that, right. That was, wow. that was that first experience where I was playing with that couple and they called me sir. And, wow. you know, like I said, I was, from the moment sir came out of their mouth and it registered to me that that's what they were saying, I was like, okay, I like this. I'm a very cerebral person. Yeah. One of the things about cuckolding is it's a very cerebral type of lifestyle. Sure. Like I overanalyze everything mm-hmm. and cuckolding affords me that freedom to analyze it as much as I want to because every couple is different. So it, I'm free to just dive into the mental aspect of it as much as I desire. And I love that. So you fast forward several years or several months. What did you find with the couples that want to talk to you and address you as sir? Where does that come from? What does that mean to them? What is it that causes them to address you as sir? I guess before I answer that, I guess I should preface it by there's a lot of confusion surrounding cuckolding. That's right. As far as, you know, what is it and, and what does it mean? And the best way that I can explain it, you know, based on the experience that I have meeting couples, talking to couples, seeing what happens at my party, so on and so forth, is it's a dynamic in which the female the wife, girlfriend, what have you, holds pretty much all of the sexual power. Typically, not all the time, but a large majority of the time, her husband is submissive to her, at least sexually. Sometimes it goes beyond sexually, but at least sexually, he's submissive to her. When you're in that dynamic where you have him who is submissive to her, oftentimes she feels the need to express her submissive side as well because she can't express it with him. So what winds up happening is they gravitate towards that dominant energy. And by her Mm. being submissive to you, he sometimes falls in line to where you have a case where they both may be submissive to you. Or it may be just that he's submissive to her and she's submissive to you. So you can control him through her. 
It takes both forms, but usually there's always some element of submissive behavior when you're dealing with a cuckold couple. That's really interesting. I mean, there seems to be a lot of nuances to cuckolding. It's not oh, absolutely. maybe one straightforward thing, but there are a couple terms that we want to go over. And this seems like the perfect time to do our segment called the Leatherbound Perverted Dictionary. That's right. I have an ancient <laughs> text right here. The, oh, the Leatherbound Perverted Dictionary is going to teach Damn, baby, our listeners... Sexy. All about the cuckold, stag vixen, and hot wife lifestyle. But our guest expert Mm. is going to help us with the nuances of these. And he's going to talk about the differences and the dynamics within so that we can understand a little bit better. Yeah, we already have the coolest listeners out there. This is going to help us educate and empower our listeners even more. So, Michael, go ahead and break it down. Cuckolding, stag vixen, and hot wife. Okay, it's one of those topics where if you ask 10 different people, you'll get 12 different answers. That's right. Mm -hmm. From what I've learned, what happens is people get confused because they try to identify things and label things based on what acts a person or couple enjoys. And I find that that's kind of confusing because no two people like the same things. And then you have people who enjoy those acts who aren't even a part of the lifestyle. Like I was saying earlier in a conversation that we had, chastity has been around for centuries. Everybody who enjoys chastity is not involved in cuckolding, but chastity can be a big part of cuckolding. So the best way that I can explain it and the way that I explain it to people to kind of take some of that confusion out is each dynamic has a sexual power component to it. And what separates cuckolding from hot wifing is within those two, you have three different flavors that wife sharing comes in. Mm-hmm. The first two belong to hot wifing in that you have flavor one where the male is the primary holder of that sexual power. And in that case, it might be a dominant husband with a submissive wife. Mm-hmm. So he dictates who she plays with, when she plays, how she plays. Okay. And then you have the second flavor, which again falls under hot wifing, where that sexual power is more evenly distributed. You know, of course, the wife always has veto power, but each session is mutually agreed upon. You know, if she likes the guy and he doesn't, it's probably not going to happen. If he likes the guy and she doesn't, it's probably not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Like, they both have to agree that, okay, this is somebody that you're attracted to. I like his energy. Let's make it happen. And then the third flavor, which is exclusive to cuckolding, is the female is the primary holder of that sexual power. She dictates the when and where and who. Everything is on her term. And her (laughs) husband, her cut, freely gives her that power. He enjoys her having that power. And the one mindset that I've seen that runs consistently through men who enjoy cuckolding is it's all about their wives. It's all about her pleasure. I love that. In their mind, she is their goddess. Basically, a lot of cuckolds think from a sexual standpoint, if I'm not capable of giving you what you need, I want you to seek it elsewhere. Like I'm not going to be selfish and say that, you know, because I can't pleasure you the way you want to be pleasured, Mm -hmm. whether it's a stamina issue or a size issue or what have you, or even just an energy issue, I want you to get it elsewhere. And they support her in that. They encourage her in that. And so she has the ability to do what she wants, where she wants, how she wants. It's a female led dynamic. And once she has that power, How she chooses to wield that power is completely up to her. And that's where the different acts come in. Whether she enjoys humiliating him or she enjoys chastity or she enjoys denial or if she's into feeding him cream pies, whatever. 
However she chooses to get off, that's what she's going to do. And being that his mindset is, I'll do anything for you, Mm -hmm. that's how it winds up happening. That's where the different acts come into play. So I find that when I explain it to people that way, it's a little bit easier to understand. Sure. That way you're not so caught up on trying to define it by what people are into as far as the acts that they enjoy. Right. And then when you say chastity, do you mean that the husband mm-hmm. physically has his dick locked up or that they're just lock denying key, the husband? A lock and key. Okay. Oh, shit. Yeah, 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 lock and key. Like in a cage and, you know, that's where the keys part of keys and anklets comes from. Is He's in that locking cage and usually she will wear that key somewhere on her person, whether mm-hmm. on a necklet or on an anklet, somewhere where he can see it. And she has, you know, she's the key holder. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he doesn't get out until she chooses to let him out. As far as, you know, because I know part of that question was the stag vixen. Yeah. Yes. That's a relatively new term. Compared to arc, I didn't start hearing about stag vixen in, until maybe a few years ago. It's not that it's something new. It's just a term that was created to better illustrate the differences. And the reason why is the wife in a cuckold dynamic is usually referred to as a cuckoldress. Okay. Whereas the wife in a hot wife dynamic is usually referred to as the hot wife. But what's happened is that term hot wife has become synonymous and so now wives and cuckold couples are referred to as hot wives. But let's be honest, hot wife sounds sexier than cuckoldress. Yeah. You know, and it flows off the tongue easier. Yeah. But the byproduct of that is since people see a hot wife in a cuckold couple, they started to assume that, okay, you're a hot wife, so your husband must be a cuckold. And guys who are not cuckolds do not enjoy being approached like they're a cuckold. That's right. So the stag vixen moniker was created to create that separation, you know, to say, look, she's a hot wife, but we're not a cuckold couple. So for simplicity's sake, refer to us as a stag vixen couple. To me, being that I understand the difference and I know the importance of asking questions initially, I never make that mistake. But I understand that, okay, Stag Vixen, I get it. I understand. To me, you're still a hot wife couple, but I understand why that terminology is used. So when you hear Stag Vixen, basically what it is, is it's a hot wife couple where the husband is not a cuckold. Right. He doesn't, yeah. he's not in for the humiliation or being locked up type thing. Any of yeah. that. Yeah. He's not into the humiliation. He's not into the denial. He's not into being locked up. Yeah. You know, and a stag vixen dynamic, he fucks his wife whenever he wants to. <laughs> yeah. He gets and in the mix. Like, he's not limited. Exactly. Right. He doesn't view himself as being sexually inferior to anyone. You know, he just enjoys seeing his wife playing with other men. It's, it's as simple as that. So the stag vixen moniker is just more about creating that separation so that you don't confuse them and approach him as if he's a cuckold. You right. know, because some guys, they automatically think that, oh, you like to see your wife playing with other men, so you must be a cuckold. No, that's completely false. Yeah. You know, and as a guy, if you make that mistake, you can find yourself in an embarrassing situation. Yeah, you can ruin your chances right off the bat. Yeah, well, I think that there's a lot of single males that don't understand the approach or single males who believe, hey, one size fits all. I saw something on their online profile on Cassidy or what have you, mm-hmm. and it says that she calls herself a hot wife. And then they'll approach that couple and we've gotten emails to our show. Yeah. Hey, can you please address this? Which is why Michael's here. We're Definitely. grateful for that. It's awesome. Yeah. And they say these single males need to work on their approach. Their message to us when we want to find a single male to join us in bed, the single male immediately comes back and says, I'm going to fuck your wife like you've never seen her fuck before. And I'm going to do this and you're going to be in the corner. And the husband and wife are sitting there like, that's not what we want, you know? Nah, and so yeah. we, we, we <laughs> no, want, absolutely. you know, we want to ask for that advice for the single male that would like to embark on the journey, maybe get started as a bull. And so for the listeners that are sitting there, like, what is a bull? Is that just a single guy or how would you define the bull? 
Well, first of all, what I tell couples is there's a big difference between a bull and a guy that just wants to fuck your wife. Mm-hmm. Right, like a single male and, that reaches okay. out. Right. Unfortunately, there's no certification class that we can go through. <laughs> with like an ID that says, okay, I am a certified bull. Not yet, man. Yeah. You and me are going to set something up. Yeah, man. school these Certification guys, you know? university. <laughs> the couples, I tell you, the couples would definitely appreciate it. Right. right so sure. basically a bull is, this is my definition. Not only is it the guy that plays with another man's wife, but he's also the guy that understands his role. He understands how to stay in his lane That's powerful. You know, because no matter how much a woman may enjoy being treated like a slut at the end of the day, that's still that man's wife. You know, that's, right. that's the mother of his children. That's his best friend. Yes. That's his soulmate. So there is a level of respect that should be afforded to them from the word go. That's beautiful. Man. Yeah, it should you go know, without like, saying, like, but yeah, you're absolutely, absolutely right. But unfortunately, it needs to be said because like you said, there are guys out there that just don't get it. And so my advice to guys who are truly serious about wanting to be a part of this wonderful lifestyle is due diligence and fact finding. That's what it comes down to. In other words, I've been doing this for 17 years and I still approach a couple the same way. And that is whenever I'm dealing with somebody new, I've got a blank sheet of paper. I know nothing about what their dynamic is. I know nothing about what their expectations are. I know nothing about the way that they like to play. So I talk to them. I ask questions. What are you into? Do you see yourself as more of a cuckold couple or a hot wife couple? What things do you want to see? How do you both like to be treated? You know, nice. that way you're gathering that information because you might find that they might be into humiliation. Right. But you won't know unless you ask certain questions. And some guys think that it makes them look or sound inexperienced if they ask those questions. And I believe that it's a complete opposite. Like it makes you sound more knowledgeable. Absolutely. Because you understand that all couples are not the same. And if you try to use a cookie cutter approach to this lifestyle, you're going to make mistakes. And like I always say, nothing bad ever happens when you ask a question. Yeah, exactly. If you make an assumption, if you choose not to ask a question, then bad things can happen. I've never had anything bad happen to me from asking a question. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, it's just, I think it's just like when couples meet each other and they're trying to figure out if they want to swap with each other. And you got to ask those fundamental, what are your boundaries? What are you into? How long have you been doing this? Are you really in it for the right reasons? Are they both on board? Are they both on board? Exactly. Are both the husband and wife on board? I mean, if you don't ask those questions and you start having all those awful experiences, you're going to start to get a reputation. And as a single male, I think they are already at a disadvantage. So what other advice do you have for single males, how to meet people, how to approach people? The advice that he gave on the initial approach is very powerful. Start with a clean slate. Definitely. And then how about when you're in the action? Because the preliminary report that he does is to find out a bunch of data. Right. So now he knows exactly how the bull, the single, is going to act within. Now, are there certain things that they'll tell you, Michael, like kissing is okay, don't kiss her, don't try to make love to her, just fuck her like hard or... What's the average thing that people ask for out there? You know, like the top two scenarios or something that a lot of these folks like to ask for or like to see or experience. Well, it's kind of different because for me, a lot of it depends on if they're a hot wife couple or a cuckold couple. The reason why I say that there's a difference is because as a bull, you have it a lot easier if you're dealing with a hot wife couple. And the reason why I say easier is because you pretty much have one objective, which is I want you to ravish my wife. That's it. Nice. Don't, you don't have to worry about interacting with me. Right. You know, yeah. you don't have to worry about tapping into her submissive desires. I just want you to fuck the hell out of my wife. Let her see what that passion is like. Or if you're a guy who happens to be hung, I want my wife to experience what it's like to have a big cock in her. You know, so if I'm dealing with a hot wife couple, it's usually a much more linear progression. 
Okay. You know, it's like, hey, this is what I want. This is what I want you to do to her. You know, I'm going to be over here, you know, taking pictures or video or what have you. Nice. Just show my wife a great time. And that's cool. But if I'm dealing with a cuckold couple, there are more layers to that. So yeah. there are a lot more questions that I need to ask because I need to know what do I need to do to be able to give them both what they're looking for. Just take a simple scenario of me being thirsty. Okay, me being thirsty requires a different approach depending on the type of couple that I'm dealing with. For example, if I'm dealing with a hot wife couple, I'm thirsty. Hey, man, you got something I can drink? You know, would you mind fixing me something to drink? Or is it cool? You know, you got water, whatever, juice, soda, what have you. If I'm dealing with a cuckold couple and I know that they're both submissive, I'm not asking him to get me something to drink. I'm telling him. Yes. Yo, go make me this drink. This is how I want it. If you make it wrong, I'm going to make you make it again. Because they're looking for that dominant energy. That's right. That's right. You know, so this is not me just coming in being domineering because there's a big difference between being dominant and domineering. I'm not an asshole, you Mm -hmm. know, but if I know that that's how their minds are wired, if I know that they're looking to experience that dominant energy, that's right. Then that's what I'm going to deliver on. It's your character in the scene. Definitely. Exactly. You're playing a part. I mean, it's authentic because I do have a natural dominant energy about me. But like I said, I'm not an asshole. I'm not just trying to bogart my way in and force my will on both of them. It's not anything like that. I understand that at the end of the day, I'm trying to give this couple an experience that they can both share, that they can both enjoy and be positive. So I take my own ego, you know, out of the equation and just try to focus on how can I give this couple the best experience possible. So it depends on, for me, a lot of it, what type of couple am I dealing with? That's the fork in the road. If I know it's Mm -hmm. a hot wife couple, then I don't have to overthink things. Right. If I'm dealing with a cuckold couple, then it requires more analyzing of, okay, what does she want? What does he want? Yeah. So on and so forth. Do you find with cuckold couples that most of them know what they're looking for? Or does it take one, two or three play experiences to kind of find their groove and really be able to express what they want to you? Truthfully, they have an idea of what they want, but for many of them, they haven't really encountered a bull who can make that a reality. Like he might be strong in this area or that area, but for the most part, it hasn't been all encompassing, you know, as far as the mental aspect as well. And that's something that I pride myself on is being able to go there mentally and give them the type of experience that they're looking for. So for me, I'm able to ask certain questions to gather pieces of information. And then the way that they answer those questions leads me into other places. Like one of the things that I'm very fond of is I like to find out what are those, each and every one of us, we have those dark fantasies that we kind of have tucked into the corners of our minds. Yeah. Those fantasies that they excite us, but they make us nervous at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like those things that I can't have anybody knowing about this. <laughs> well, that's what I want to know. You go to jail. I I, I make an attempt to to know those because sometimes I'm able to make it happen in a safe and controlled environment. Right. You don't want to catch a case. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. You don't want to do that. But it's still important for me to know because I want to know how your mind works. Right. And also when I play with a couple, I find, you know, I like to find out, especially if it's a husband who likes to take pictures, you know, I'm cognizant of that throughout the encounter. Like I'm making sure that I'm putting his wife in certain positions that are going to give him great photos. Yeah. So that way he doesn't feel the need to step in and move her hair aside or like I'm I'm constantly aware of the fact that, okay, this is a good photo op. And there've been plenty of times where I've told the husband, like, no, you need to come and stand right here. 
because you're going to enjoy this picture from this angle. Nice. Yes. You know, whether it's a penetration shot, whether it's a shot of her with my cock in her mouth or what have you. Yeah. Knowing that they like to reminisce by looking at pictures. So I want to make sure that they're getting the best pictures possible. Definitely. Yeah. It's all about creating the experience and then having something to look back on so that when they relive that, they, they remember the experience in you fondly. But, you know, we were talking in our pre-interview about the single male being able to, you mentioned, stay in their lane. Mm-hmm. You also mentioned something about the movie Star Wars in relation to that. What, oh, absolutely. What do you mean by stay in your lane? Well, How can you explain that? Well, first of all, this is not original because I would hate for the person who created that to hear it and come back at me like, hey, man, that's my idea. This I didn't come up with this. Mm-hmm. I read it years ago and it really resonated with me and I feel like it really illustrates the point that he was trying to make. So I use it all the time. And that is if you take a movie view of the participants in this lifestyle, whether it's the wife, it's the husband and it's the bull. The Star Wars analogy works really well because everybody's familiar with it. And that is, this is a movie. And in that movie, the wife is the headliner. She's the star. She's the one with her name up in light. So she's Princess Leia. Right. And then her husband, he's the co-star. You know, he's her, whether you're in the Luke camp or the Han Solo camp, he's her Mm co-star. They're the names that are on the marquee. As a bull, we're Darth Vader. In other words, our name is not on the marquee. The movie is not really about us. Mm -hmm. And our actual screen time in relation to the entire movie is actually very minimal. But that doesn't mean that you cannot impact that movie and have a strong influence on how the movie plays out. So by staying in your lane, it's an understanding that A, I'm not the star of this movie. B, I have no desire to be the star of this movie. Mm -hmm. I'm perfectly content in my role as a character with a little bit of screen time. Now I'm gonna make the most out of every minute of screen time that I have. And I'm going to make sure that when you leave that movie, you remember my character. (laughs) But I understand the part that I play. I'm not trying to overwhelm their life. I'm not trying to shoehorn myself into their life. In other words, I'm not trying to make the experience about me because at the end of the day, it's not about me. It's about her. It's about him. It's about them. Wow, that's great. I'm just playing a role. And, you know, I come in, I stay in my lane. I do what I do. And when I'm done, I leave and then they go back to their regular life, you know? So for the bulls, I would say just not only stay in your lane, but understand that there's power in that. There's power in having that singular role, being able to make the most of the screen time that you have. I like that. That's very cool. That's well said, man. Yeah. Yeah. When you said that earlier, I talked to my lady about it and I was like, you know what? That it makes so (laughs) much sense. And if people were just... If they would just understand that, it would make everything so much easier. So a question about the folks that love the cream pie scenario where the husband maybe wants to clean up or bowl semen or what have you. Uh, How many percentage wise, how many couples crave that or ask for, hey, cream pie her, you know, let me see that. Okay, that's a two-part question. Okay, seeing it is different from cleaning it. Okay, Uh so how many want to see it? I would say a large majority of them want to see it. Makes sense. Because it's very, it's a very visual indication of, okay, this other man just came in your wife's pussy or came on her pussy. Right. And a lot of them want to see that. Now cleaning it, obviously that number is a lot smaller. And then even cleaning it is kind of broken down into two camps because you have couples where 
they want to clean it in private. Like they'll wait until after the bull leaves and then mm-hmm. that's a private moment that they share. Mm-hmm. Or you have some couples where the couples that are really into the humiliation aspect of it, some of them may enjoy doing it in the presence of the bull. Of the sitter being yes. told or something, right? right. Oh, it makes sense. Exactly. Makes sense. Like where it's happening right there and the bull is witnessing this happen. So wow. a large percentage of couples want to see it smaller percentage want to actually clean it. That's so interesting. Yeah, that's amazing. So I saw on Instagram, it was a picture, and this account shares all kinds of cool pictures about, you know, hot wife and so forth. And then it said, a real bull does not discriminate between a hole. And it had a guy bent over with his dick (laughs) hanging in an asshole, and then a woman bent over with her pussy and her asshole. And it said that the bull would do both. Ah, yeah. I mean, is the bull sometimes asked for that if there's a bi man involved, or is it super rare? It's more common than people would probably admit. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure. I know couples that play that way. I know bulls that play that way. I'm not here to judge anybody. I don't knock anybody who plays that way. Personally, that's not my preference. I mean, that's not a road that I go down. Like, I'll tell a wife, you know, if he wants to be penetrated, get a strap on. Like, I'm I'm not going to do that because it doesn't do anything for me. I don't knock those who do. And I'm aware enough to know that it's a part of the lifestyle. And again, this comes from the fact finding. Mm -hmm. If I know that that is what a couple is looking for, I'll let them know. Like, okay, that's something that I do not do. Now, if that's a must have for you, I respectfully decline. Like, I'm not going to lie just because I want to get between her legs. You know, I'm not going to lie and be like, oh, okay. And then, like, once I get the situation, then I change it up on them. Like, I don't do that. If I know that that is something that's important to them, then I let them know that's not my cup of tea. Best of luck finding somebody that is into that. Or if you can still enjoy yourself without having that one particular element, then we can go and have a good time. Yeah. But I'm honest with them. But I understand that some couples, they do enjoy that. And there are some bulls I know who they don't have any issue with doing that just me personally is not it's not my thing it's not something you do but it is something yeah. that's out there there are several bisexual oh, men definitely out there mm-hmm. right yeah yeah we've been noticing it more and more lately a lot of uh, bisexual men are, are speaking up and coming out and sharing right. that hey i do enjoy something in my ass or a yes. plug a butt plug or being pegged or a dildo yeah. play and that's fine you know they talk about the prostate play and all that yeah sure no problem and again right. we we don't judge people do the thing it's all good no problem i mean right. a little finger in the ass while i'm getting my dick sucked that's not bad either you know right? so I, who am i to judge right Right. <laughs> what, what people like. So in terms of logistics, once you get in touch with a couple and once a couple says, hey, these are our likes, dislikes, let's go ahead and plan this. And then you plan a date. Now, is this something where couples like to take the bull out, entertain at dinner, or is it usually, hey, meet us in the room or just come over? Mm-hmm. Again, it depends on if you're dealing with a hot wife couple or a cuckold couple. A hot wife couple, it's usually going to be a lot less involved. In other words, when you're dealing with a hot wife couple, it may be, hey, let's go out and grab some drinks, whatever, you know, see if there's any kind of chemistry. And, you know, you go, but whether they have a hotel room or they invite you back to their home or whatever. A cuckold couple, like I said, by talking to them and finding out what they like, like I've been with couples where I'll go over there and the cuck will make us dinner. Yeah. You know, okay. he'll, yeah. You know, he'll bring out the appetizers while I'm sitting on the couch with his wife and I'm yeah. very close to her. And, you know, she might be sitting on my lap or she might be sitting with her legs over mine and we might be making out on the couch a little bit. Wow. And he's got his little apron on. <laughs> you know, he's bringing us hors d'oeuvres. Bang. And then, you know, oh we adjourn to the dining room and he brings out the food and he serves us dinner. It's cool. You oh, know, shit. And then we might have a nightcap as far as a drink or whatever while he cleans up the dirty dishes and whatnot. And then, you know, we might go up to the room and that's where the playing starts. 
or you might go out to dinner. Mm -hmm. I had couples where we meet in a bar or a restaurant. I'm comfortable in any setting. For me, it's all about whatever makes them the most comfortable. Right. And when I say them, primarily she's at the top. So yes. we have to make her comfortable first with right. him because I'm going to be comfortable anywhere. Like it right. doesn't matter if we're out in public at a bar, at a restaurant, at a club, in their home, hotel, it doesn't affect me. However, what I will say is personally, as a bull, I enjoy being in their home. And the reason why is it's hard to explain exactly what it is, but there's something about the feeling of being in a couple's home and looking around and seeing all of the remnants of this life that they've built together. You know, vacation wow. pictures, family pictures, mm -hmm. wedding pictures, pictures of their children, graduation pictures, you know, souvenirs from different vacations that they've taken. If it's around the holidays, there might be a Christmas tree with gifts and presents from various friends and family. And yet here I am fucking this woman like a $5 Vietnamese prostitute. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> what can I get for $5? <laughs> that, exactly. Yeah. And doing it in their marital bed. That's right. Understanding right? that if anybody in their family knew what was going on at this precise moment, they would all be floored. And for me, I get off on that. Like, I enjoy mm -hmm. seeing that duality between all of these people know this side of you, and yet I know that side of you. Like, yeah. I know the side that nobody else in your family knows. Like, I know how I'm treating your wife, and I know the things that I'm saying to you and the things that you're doing. And that's a rush for me. Oh, you know, that's hot. I never right. put that out there. Like, I never mandate, oh, we have to play at your house. Like I said, I'm comfortable anywhere. Sure. But extra added component when we're playing in their home, because I get to see all of those visual cues of a life that they've built together. Yeah. And now you've been doing this. That's just my own two cents. Definitely. No, that's amazing. And that's a very personal insight that I know our listeners and we appreciate hearing. You've been doing this for 17 years. Is there an experience that really stands out for you, a favorite of yours in all that time, cuckolding or a hot wifing? Mm -hmm. hmm. He's like, every time I fuck a I wife. Every, <laughs> everyone, damn it. <laughs> I, being that I approach each with that blank slate, and I appreciate each and every one. Right. Now, I'll say the ones that I enjoy the most are the ones who have the fewer limits. You know, it's almost like when you go to an amusement park, you hate it when certain rides are closed. The experience is not as enjoyable when you already know that certain rides are closed to you. That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, man, I really wanted to ride that roller coaster, but it's closed for repairs. Yeah. So your experience, even though it's enjoyable, you still leave like, man, I wish that ride was open. So when I encounter a couple who has very few limits, then that allows me to be even more creative. Right. And I enjoy that process of being creative. So. It's not that I can pinpoint any one particular couple that stands out, but it's that attitude that I look for. Like that's what separates are the couples who are so open-minded to where trust has been established to the point where if I want to leave him home and take his wife to a party and have her gang bang, then she's a three-hole slut and we're making her airtight and I'm sending him home pictures, Dang. you know. Airlock, yes. <laughs> you know, exactly. And there are couples where I'm going on vacation with couples. I've gone on vacations with just the wife mm. to where she'll spend a week, you know, we'll spend a weekend together. 
but for some couples, they have rules. Like we only play together, you know, she'll never play with you alone. And that's fine. I'm comfortable with that. Sure. It's just more exciting for me when I know that not only do I not have all of those rules and restrictions in place, but that they're also looking to grow. So I can suggest new things and I can introduce new things for her to experience and for them to experience. Sure. And it gets my creative juices flowing. Like the fewer restrictions they have, then that means that's more open space that I have to play in. And so that's what that's what I enjoy. It's not necessarily one particular couple that stands out. It makes it's just sense. that attitude that I look for. Yeah. The open-minded ones. It makes Definitely. sense. Definitely. makes for a more yeah. favorable experience, I think, enjoyable all around because you can experiment a little bit. Oh, more. absolutely. It most certainly does. It's like being a chef. Like, you're going to have more fun cooking for somebody yeah. who has fewer food allergies. Like, right. that person has a long list of food allergies. Right. You can't necessarily prepare everything that's in your repertoire. Yeah. That's right. You know, you have to, well, I can't make this and I can't make that and I can't make that. But if they don't have any food allergies, then the whole playbook is open. Right. You design you your know? own menu. So that, that, that's sure. how I look at it. Exactly. Yeah, very exactly. cool. Very cool. So, Michael, earlier we talked about how many people wanted cream pies. But in relation to that, how often are condoms used in a cuckold or hot wife scenario? I mean, what kind of percentage of people want to do bareback? We all understand the value and the importance of safe sex practices. I feel like if I did an interview because of what I've seen, what I've witnessed with my own eyes, Mm -hmm. I know that people wouldn't really be genuine in their answers because of how it would make them look. And what I mean Uh, by that is there's not a bull out there who has not encountered a couple who prior to meeting has said, okay, we prefer condoms, but if you have any kind of recent test results, then we'll allow bear play. And it's like, okay, well, I don't have them at the time or my test is old, whatever. So you're there and you're wearing a condom. And then in the middle of it, next thing you know, the wife is pulling your condom off. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. Okay. You know, huh. and let's be honest, it feels incredible. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> there is no comparison <laughs> between playing with a condom and playing without one. Right. And oh. so I've seen couples who they preach, you know, test results, condoms, condoms, test results. Sure. And then in the heat of the moment, <laughs> you know, whether it's her pulling your condom off or the husband looking at you and saying, you know, hey, you can take your condom off if you want to. Oh, shit. You know, and in your mind, you might be saying, well, you said before that, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so in that moment, people's rules go out the window. So I know that I don't mm-hmm. expect the person to be that truthful. In other words, I know that they're not going to say, yeah, we like to be safe whenever possible, but sometimes we get reckless. You know, like I know people aren't really going to be forthcoming with that. And even at my parties, I promote safe sex. You know, I tell guys, you know, hey, bring condoms, you know, whatever. But I've been doing this for five years. And at the end of the day, these are adults. Like, I'm not walking around with a flashlight at my party checking guys saying, hey, hey, put your condom on. Right, Right, of course. You know, if the couple wants it and the guy agrees to it, that's on them. And then some couples, you know, they get rooms at the same hotel and they'll go back and play in their room. And what goes on in their room, I have no way of seeing Right. You know, I've done pool parties where I look in the pool and I see couples fucking in the pool. And I'm like, I know he didn't put a condom on underwater. (laughs) Right. (laughs) You know, like I I know he didn't. Yeah. You know, so I don't judge anybody. That's right. I'm aware enough to know what goes on and people make those judgment calls, you know, and as long as it's something that you both want, who am I to tell you what you can or cannot do? So to address that, just barebacking goes on. It goes on a lot. It goes on more 
whatever percentage you think it is, yeah. it's more than it's that. It's more than that. Right. That's what you we know? were thinking, man. I think, yeah. We were thinking exactly that because in the swing world, there are a ton of couples that they'll actually say on their online profile, they'll say, we prefer bareback play. Yes. And then they'll say the ultimate disclaimer. Yeah. And we have test results. And I'm thinking, dude, I have Microsoft 98 too, man. I can yeah, make that I template can. right now with that to, to say yeah. anything you want, right? Exactly. Negative, negative, <laughs> negative, misspellings, whatever you right. want. And so I realize it's one of those topics where you can't be accurate because, like you said, you, I think you said it best. Yes. It happens more than people think. Right. And yeah. I don't want to put anybody on the spot. Yeah. Right. And I, I, in other words, when they tell me, I know that they're not being truthful, but I don't want to expose them yes. for not being truthful. Now, it's the kind of question that personally, I've asked a number of couples. One of the questions that I ask a lot of couples is, primarily towards the wife is what's the shortest amount of time that has ever passed from the time you met somebody for the first time until they were fucking you bare. And a number of women over the years have told me like five minutes, Damn. 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Wow. And, and, and this is from the time you first met this person. Wow. Yeah. You know, from the time you first met, like you'd never seen their face before. And to the time he had his bare cock in you and you know, I can only speak from the perspective of a black man, but I know that if you were to kind of take the numbers, I would feel safe saying that it's more prevalent when you're dealing with the interracial aspect of things than if you remove the interracial aspect of it. Because they want to see that from all the porn that they watch. They want to see that come dripping from her pussy. Mm -hmm. And she enjoys that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely very prevalent. And I guess you could say it's kind of like that dirty little secret that people don't really want to go too much in detail about. That's right. Yeah. You know, but to, to quote Eddie Murphy, We've all thrown ourselves on the crap table. Yeah. yeah. No, it makes a lot of sense. We, we, yeah, we've all done it, you know, and those of us who haven't done it yet. I'm not going to say everybody, like, there are a very few couples, like, there's one couple I know in particular that's been coming to my parties for years. She won't even give blowjobs without condoms, and she does not deviate from that. Like, mm-hmm. I have never, and I've seen her fuck, you know, 10, 15 guys in a night. And I have never, ever, Damn. ever, ever seen her deviate from that practice. Right. It's her rules. Sure. Know? Yeah. Yeah. But exactly. But that's one of several hundred that I've seen over the years. You right. know, so I, I would feel safe in saying that it's a very small percentage of couples that actually stick to that hardcore. Yeah, that's right. Right. No. And listen, man, we appreciate your perspective because we have not gone to these parties. We don't know what goes on. And in fact, I'd like to ask you. If you take our listeners and they end up wanting to go to a party and it'd be kind of cool for them to experience, hey, take us through how it goes. Is it a house? Do you rent a hotel suite? How do your parties go down and how do you advertise them so that if a listener wants to know, they can look for your page. Are they announced on your website or what social networks are you on? Well, first, I'll tell you the thing because I do different types of parties. So I'll tell you the things first that apply to all of them before I get into the specifics. Sure. As far as where I advertise, 99% of the times I use swing sites. In my particular area, SLS is the most popular site. Like it's the most popular swing site in the Northeast and I'm in the New York City area. So that's the site that yeah. everyone around here uses. In different parts of the country, I know different websites, whether it's Cassidy, whether it's Lifestyle Lounge, right. whether it's SDC. Like I know in different parts of the country, different sites are more popular. So here I use SLS. The reason why I use SLS as opposed to a FetLife or another type of fetish site is I have a car salesman background. And when you sell cars, you have different people that walk on the lot. Right. You know, you have people that are tire kickers, like they might buy, but they're mainly just looking. They're kind of shopping around and, you know, if the right offer comes their way, they'll take it. That's mm-hmm. right. And then you have those people that walk on the lot with the intention to buy. Yes. Like they are like, I'm going to buy a car. 
It might not necessarily be from you, but I came out today with the intent of coming home with a new car yeah. or a used car or whatever. And when you deal with people on a swing site, they're the buyers. Fetish sites, those are people that are just kicking tires. Uh, like they're mm -hmm. interested about it. It's hot to talk about. They're the people where there's an endless amount of emails going back and forth and chatting right. and swapping pictures. When you deal with people on a swinger site, they don't have time for all that. They're ready to play. They, work, <laughs> they're more they got families. They want to know where's the party, who's going to be there, what time does it start? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, they might exchange one or two emails. Hey, this is what we look like. This is what you look like. Okay, we'll be there. Sure. They don't really have the time for the back and forth, endless emails, swapping pictures. Right. All the flirting. All yeah. yeah. They, they value their free time. They might be in a situation where they're on their second marriages. Their ex has their kids twice a month. So those two weekends a month, they're looking to make something happen. That's right. Mm -hmm. You know, so my parties are primarily advertised on swing sites. Now, as far as where I host them, primarily I use hotel suites. Like I try to get like the biggest hotel suite I can find. When the opportunity presents itself, if somebody has a home and they're fine with having that many people in there, mm -hmm. then... I've done house parties over the years. House parties are definitely preferred because you don't have to worry so much about the noise. Yeah. Right. You know, whereas in a hotel, that's obviously a concern, you know, because there are other guests in the hotel and the last thing you want is to have the hotel staff knock on your door. Right. As far as how the parties flow, that's when it's different depending on the type of party. Like my cuckold parties run differently than my hot wife parties and they run differently than my BBC specific parties. Oh, so you do all um, three types. Okay. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I do more than that. You know, I do gangbang parties. I'll do small gangbang parties for one or two women. Like I do a variety of different parties. Oh, wow. As far as like, okay, like say, for example, the BBC parties, those are my most popular ones. And those are the ones that I've been doing the longest because you know, I'm a black man and I'm in an interracial dynamic myself. And so that's the area that I'm most experienced in as far as parties go. So for those parties, a typical party for me is I'll have anywhere from 10 to 15 women and couples and 20 to 25 black guys. Like that's a typical party for me. Oh, wow. The reason why I have more guys than women is most of the women who come to these parties are of the insatiable variety. Sure. Mm -hmm. And if I had an equal number of guys to women at those types of parties, party would last about an hour. <laughs> the women would wear those guys out. Yeah. Like, let's right. be honest. You, yeah. you know, one guy cannot handle an insatiable woman. Oh, yeah. no. He needs Gatorade you know, right? and he like, needs to recharge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you need your electrolytes, you need yeah. little pills, whatever. A little IV you know, drip. So I yeah. have to have more guys because I honestly, I need that backup. Yeah. And not only that, but some guys get stage fright. They, sure. You know, like I get a lot of guys that I know that, you know, oh, I would love to come to a party and I, I let them know that, look, everybody's not built for this. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Like there's a big difference between going to a bar or a club and picking up a girl and taking her home and fucking her like crazy and being at a party yeah with you know, an audience yeah right? like it's not even just an audience say if you're sitting there and you see this woman and you want to play with her and your cock is not responding as quickly as you need it to respond right and then you look to your right and there's this guy butt naked with a raging heart on looking at you stroking his cock like yo what are you going to do oh, <laughs> oh shit, shit. Like, i got next <laughs> exactly like okay out of my you, way son you're obviously <laughs> Right, you're obviously having some issues. I'm ready to go right now. <laughs> wow. She's ready to go right now. What are you going to do? Bam. And, right. you know, that can be intimidating. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That alpha male, you man. Know, yeah, yeah. That, that can be intimidating for some guys. So I let guys know all the time, like, fucking a girl in your apartment or even you and your buddy playing on, that's completely different from a party. Yes. 
where you got this woman on the bed over there making all kinds of noise and you hear noises coming from the other bedroom and you're behind this woman and you're not ready yet. You know, she's looking at her husband and her husband is looking at you like, okay, what are you going to do? And then this guy next to you is hard and he's ready. Uh That's a lot of pressure. It is. Oh yeah. That's a lot of pressure for some guy. And I've I've seen guys, you know, like I said, we call a stage fight where those lights are bright and Mm -hmm. they they forget their lines. That's you know, they get their lines. They get they get stuck. Damn! No, that makes a lot of sense. It's interesting, but yeah. it happens in one on one or two on two with couples. But we see it at swing clubs. But yeah, yeah I can happens. imagine in a group where yeah. there's a lot of dominant male energy. Oh shit, man! You got to step up. I mean, personally, I actually see it the other way around. Like, I think that there's more pressure in a one on one because mm. when you're dealing with somebody one on one. This is something that you've planned. They've yeah. made arrangements for their kids. In other words, they've blocked out this Friday or Saturday night just for you. Right, right. And if you have problems performing, you've ruined their day. Mm-hmm. Like, there are no two ways about it. You have ruined, in other words, their day has turned out in a way that they wish it didn't. Whereas yeah. if you're at a party and if you've got problems, you know, maybe you had a little bit too much to drink or maybe you got something on your mind or maybe your dick is just in a bad mood. Yeah. <laughs> All you got to do is step aside. Right. Someone just else step, will step just, in. Just, just step a couple inches. To, yeah. And, and you haven't impacted their night. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, so everybody goes home. Everybody goes home. And you might, you know, you might get your second win. Yes. And then when that guy is done, you know, you might be able to make up for it. So there's less pressure on you at a party than there is if you're just doing a one-on-one. But some guys kind of get in their own heads right. and they can't. Yeah, that's true. And they crumble. They'll talk a good game and then right? it's yeah, time. Absolutely. And absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I think most guys, for the most part, you try to talk up your confidence. You have your inner game set. And yeah. if it happens, that can be detrimental because now you're fighting. Now you're in an argument with your own penis. Right. And that hurts it even more. Your penis is going to say, dude, come on. Oh, yeah. dude, don't, well, don't, you know, don't push this. Yeah. You know that I find that a lot of ladies talk up their man too. It's not just the dudes That's talking right. up their own game, but the ladies love to say how good he is at oh, yeah. oral and how He's good he huge. is at and his cock. Oh my God, he works his cock. And Tell Michael how many dudes oh. have had an issue getting their wiener up in a scenario. Uh, it's been like 50% of the time. Half the time or a little over half the time it, where the dude has stage fright. It or he gets more it. often than you would like it to. Well, yeah. yeah, right? yeah. More, one time is more <laughs> than I would like it to. Yeah. But yeah. Exactly. <laughs> it, it, it happens more than you would like it to. Definitely. You know, definitely. and it's definitely something that goes on. Like I say this all the time, it's no different than porn. You know, there are plenty of guys like, oh, I fuck like a god. I can do porn. It's like, really? You really think you can do porn? Like, there's a reason why. If you look at porn in 2018 and then you go back to 2010, it's the same guys. Yeah. <laughs> Women change like crazy. Right. It's the same guys. The reason why? Because the directors and the producers know that I can count on that guy. Yeah. Right. He'll get it because up. Because you, you can't have some guy sitting there with equipment problems when you got all these other people standing around that you're paying by the hour. Well, it's Cameramen, mm-hmm. yeah, lighting, makeup, all of that stuff. So the reason why these guys keep working is because they can deliver. Yeah. And not all guys can do that. You know, it's not only can you get hard, but how long can you stay hard? And can you come when I need you to come? Like, right. I need you to come in five, four, right. three, two. Okay, go. Damn. You know, yeah. That's why you see the same guy doing porn now that was doing it 10, 15 years ago. Right. So tell us this, Michael, if you're at home sitting in front of the computer, you're ready to jack off or whatever. You're ready to watch some porn online. What are the keywords that you put in the search bar? Are you putting in cuckold or what kind of yeah, things do you look what for? What are your fantasies, man, when, you, uh, when you're about to type that in there? If I have to resort to porn, 
mainly amateur. Ah, you okay. know, I like seeing real people. I like bad lighting. I like mm-hmm. hotel room. You can always tell when you're looking at something that's in a hotel room. Yeah. You know, but to be honest with you, I know so many people and husbands are always willing to, you know, <laughs> send me stuff. The wives are always willing to send me stuff. Ah. Right. I'm never at a loss. And for me personally, I'm not single. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. in a BDSM dynamic myself and I have a slave and my slave is gorgeous. You nice. know, and the good thing about being in that type of dynamic is that the entire time that I've been with her, I never have to ask her if she's in the mood. I just go and take what I want. Damn. You know, it wow. doesn't matter if she's got a headache. It doesn't matter if she's, you know, <laughs> if we've had an argument and she's mad at me. If I'm hard and I'm ready, I just go in there and I just take it, you know. That's, right. that's the arrangement. When I do that. Right. Yeah, that's the arrangement that we have. But if I'm looking for porn, it's definitely something amateur. Real people. Or mm-hmm. even as my podcast has grown and I've talked to people, like once I establish a personal connection with you, then your videos become more exciting to me. You know, for example, sure. I recently, it hasn't come out yet, but I don't know if you know who Amber Blank is. No. I'm not sure. Just Google the name Amber Blank. She's an amateur hot wife who does her own amateur porn. Okay. Okay. And her energy is through the roof. Nice. When she plays. And I recently did an interview with her. So now when I watch her videos, they affect me a lot more than they did before I interviewed because I actually sat and talked to her for like two hours. Yes. Right. Yes. But even still, she's amateur. Mm-hmm. So I like seeing that. And it's predominantly interracial scenes. I mean, I will get into other kinks that I enjoy that aren't necessarily interracially based. So it just depends on the mood yeah. that I'm mm-hmm. in, whether it's gangbang or cuckold or interracial or some kind of bondage or something like that that right. I might be into. So it, it all depends on what kind of mood that I'm in. Like sometimes you'll get in little discussions. Sometimes guys online can be a pain in the ass and they'll say some rude shit. Yeah. And my comeback to them is pretty much the same. Like, dude, you jerk off to the way I live my life. So leave <laughs> yeah. <it alone. laughs> That's awesome. Said, like, for, like, to be honest, you jerk off to the way that I live my life on a daily basis. Right. <laughs> you know, so like I'm at these parties and I'm surrounded by it. You know, I yeah. see wives taking dick left and right and swallowing cum and being DP'd and, you know, double anal and double vag and everything. Damn. And I see it like right there in front of me, like all the time. You know, so it's, it's not that I'm jaded by it. I still yeah. I still like it when I see it. But at the same time, you got to get my mind into it because physically right. I've seen it all. Yeah. You know, so if, if I'm not engaged mentally in some way, shape or form. I got to find some way to get my head into it. Both of them. (laughs) Let me ask you a question about (laughs) advice for the males. Advice for guys... You know, what kind of vegetables do we need to start eating, man? That stamina. <laughs> All the guys want that stamina, man. What's the favorite pill? What's the favorite natural supplement or shake that they need to take to make sure that they can count on their penis and they're going to be hard and their, their period to recharge is shortened and all that good stuff? You know, what do guys take, man? What's the favorite thing out there? Like for me, it all depends on my connection with the woman. It's like dancing. If you dance with somebody that is not a good dancer, then you're not as motivated to dance with them. That's right. Yeah. You're just waiting for the song to end. That's right. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you're in a dance floor with somebody that knows how to move and keeps a beat and is engaging and is fun, you'll dance all night. Yeah. So for me, if I'm into the woman, like if she turns me on, then I can go all night. But if I'm feeling like that chemistry is not there, then my performance is not going to be the same. And I'm at the point in my life where I'm comfortable with that. I'm not trying to prove a point to you when I fuck you. Right. I mean, if we don't have that chemistry, 
then that's just as much your fault as it is mine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. We're done and you know, I'm, so I'm, I'm it, done. It, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it doesn't make me feel bad. Like when you were younger, it might make you feel bad. Like, oh man, I came too fast. Uh, she didn't do what I needed her to do. That's true. Right. Yeah. You know, but understanding that if I'm talking to a woman, if she doesn't really turn me on, then I'm not going to play with her because I know it's going to be lackluster. So yeah. I don't, I don't even open that door. Right. You know, because I want it to be fun. So I talk to them and I find out, you know, do I like the way that this woman's mind works? Yeah. You know, can I get into her? Does she create that desire in me? And if she's checking all those boxes, then I know that we're going to have a great time. So I don't necessarily have to look for those kind of stimulants because honestly, I don't want them because then I'm getting an artificial reading. Yeah. Like I'm not getting a true reaction to how much is this woman turning me on. Right. And not only that, but I let them know that. So they know when they get that A plus performance out of me, then she feels good. Because she knows that, because I've told her that I don't perform like that with everybody. Yeah. So you need to feel good about yourself that you got this kind of performance out of me because everybody doesn't. Right. No, that makes total sense. And so people know when they're contacting you or when you're interacting with them that there needs to be some kind of connection. But do you vet all the people that come to your parties? I mean, how do you get the single men out there? Do you The correct single men. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them I've met at other parties when they're always contacting me. And my thing is, even if a guy is new, I'll give him a first chance. Okay. I'll give a guy a chance. Like, even if I've never met him before and I've never seen him play before, I'll give him an opportunity to come because I know that some people probably won't. Right. You know, and we were all new at some point. Yeah. And just to kind of go back with something and clear something up, when you're talking about the parties and the stamina, I very rarely play at my own parties. And that is because my primary goal is making sure that my guests are taken care of. That and I sense. learned very early on that if I'm playing, then I'm not paying full attention to my party. Yeah. And not only that, but the woman that I'm playing with, I'm not fully invested. Right. If I can't give her all of my attention, it's not really fair to her, you know, because I'm playing, but yet I'm listening to hear if anybody's knocking at the door. Hey, Mike, you got any more ice? Hey, Mike, you got any more <laughs> napkins? Hey, Mike, <laughs> right. I need a towel. You know, like I'm hearing all of this stuff going on. Don't get me wrong. I might sneak away for two or three minutes and just put my dick in her mouth real quick mm-hmm. just because I'm turned on by her and I want to feel her. Yeah. You know, but at my parties, I'm pretty much just known as like the serial groper. Like I'm running around the party. I'm making people laugh. I'm entertaining. I'm grabbing ass. I'm grabbing kitties. You know, I might put my finger in their pussy to see how wet and turned on they are. Like I flirt heavily at my parties. And it's fun because it's a unique position as a guy to be in when you know that the majority of the women there really want to fuck you, but you're the one who's saying no. Right. You know, at the time, especially if somebody new, like, hey, does the host play it? I'm like, eh. No, I don't. Yeah. If you stay late, like if you know some of these couples that get a room and stay the night over, and if you still got the energy at the end of the night, then I'll play at the end of the night. Yeah. But if not, like I said, my slave is one of the hottest women that I know. And so I end each night with her, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's not like at the end of the party, I'm just standing there empty handed. You know, I still got the prize of the night. Yeah. So I'm, I'm good. Right. You got the grand prize. Either way. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, I'm good. I'm fine. So don't feel sorry for me. Right. You know? <laughs> I very rarely play at my own parties. Yeah, definitely. So when somebody shows up, a couple shows up, let's say, to one of your parties, let's take us through maybe a gangbang scenario. When they walk in, mm-hmm. is it just a wall of guys like Stroking with their, their dicks dick. out and then you just move from one to the other, like one female laying on a bed just waiting for guys to jump on her? How does or, it usually flow? Or do the women volunteer or do you already yeah. have a set gal or well, get usually, the logistics? Usually the parties that I do, when I do them at hotels, I try to make sure that it's a suite. So there's a living room area. Mm-hmm. 
That way, when you walk through the door, you're not just seeing people fucking like right in front of you. Like they're <laughs> yeah. in the bed. The people are in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So when you walk in, it's just people sitting around talking, being social. Mm-hmm. Whenever I have a couple that is new to parties, not necessarily my party, but they've never been to a party before, I usually tell them if they want to have the best experience to get a room at the hotel. And the reason why is, let's be honest, when you have guys that go to parties over and over and over and over, you start to see the same faces. Mm -hmm. So when you have a new woman, it's not that my guys are rude. Let's be honest. When there's new pussy in the room, all the guys (laughs) notice. Right. (laughs) What you don't like to see is when that woman finally starts playing and then all the guys kind of gather around. Mm -hmm. They're waiting their turn. And I know that that has the potential to make some women uncomfortable. So what I tell them is get a room, pick out a guy or two that you like, and just take them back to your room. That way you're able to play in a controlled atmosphere and get used to it. And then it might be this party or it might be a future party where you might feel comfortable playing with other people watching you and seeing that look of lust in the eyes of 15 guys. Because you don't have to play with like the women. You play with who you want to play with. You want to just play with one guy, you play with one guy. Yeah. But it's a highly sexually charged atmosphere. Oh, wow. You know, and I don't want to see anybody get overwhelmed. That's Mm -hmm. right. You know, take your time. I have no problem the first time if a couple wants to come and just watch. Like, I don't put any pressure on anybody to participate. Right. Now, the second time you come back, my thought process is, okay, you came the first time. (laughs) You liked what you saw. Mm -hmm. So I'm expecting you to do something. Right. You know, because what I can't have is four or five couples that are just there to watch. Right. Because that affects the energy of the room. Definitely. Oh, certainly. certainly. You know, one of the things that makes my parties go so well is I get a very high participation rate, meaning 99% of the women that have come to my parties wind up playing in some way, shape, or form. So if a woman arrives to the party or a couple arrives to the party and the woman says, okay, I'm at a BBC party. I would love to experience this. Once she's in a scenario and, and laying down or whatever, is it typical for a woman to just sit there and say, okay, it doesn't matter who, just Whoever do your thing? Yeah. Or is it more like the woman says, okay, you, you, and you, I need you right now and then I'll rest. Or, typically, how does that go, man? I mean, obviously we know that consent reigns and rules, but yeah, are the girls uh, choosing the dudes or, or are the girls just saying, hey, man, I'm here let's do some stuff anybody it goes both ways i mean i have some women that come that they know what they want they know who they want and when they see those guys they make a beeline towards them they're not shy about asking for what they want and it might be several guys that they wind up going through in the night Mm -hmm. and then i know some women who come they just want to get fucked meaning they will get on the bed on their hands and knees, and they won't look back over their shoulder for an hour. Damn. Wow. Like, they just want cock after cock after cock after cock. Just getting it. Yeah. You know? All right. Yeah, yeah. And, and and it goes both ways. Like I said, I, I have just as many that play that hard. And even if they don't look back, I have some women that they'll go to various guys, or a guy will approach them, and they're not really shooting down guys. And then you have some wives that are super picky. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then I have some wives that come that are very attractive but they don't have the best stamina Mm -hmm. so they may only be good for three guys so it's pretty much like the first three yeah you know that don't waste any time (laughs) they're gonna gonna be the lucky ones (laughs) once that third one is done she leaves yeah right she's had enough yeah (laughs) yeah like i have one wife that comes to my parties quite frequently she's not into the socializing aspect of it too much. Right. Like some wives will come, they'll, they'll talk for an hour or two uh-huh. before they play. For her, if the party starts at nine and she's there by nine Oh five, she wants dick in there by nine fifteen. Damn. 
you know, awesome. she will play with as many guys as she can handle for a couple of hours. She might stop at 12 o'clock. She's dressed by 12.15. She's out the door by 12.20. Yep. Damn. She knows what she wants, Just man. about the business. Yeah, yeah, That's she, great. She knows what she wants. She, she comes in. She gets it. She takes no breaks. She goes for a consistent two and a half, three hours. When her body has reached that limit and she's like, okay, I'm satisfied, mm-hmm. she gets dressed and she goes back home. Now, do you give them complimentary yeah. ice packs so they can ice their <laughs> pussy? <laughs> Like a frozen dildo or something I mean, that they can walk ice, home with. Yeah, there's plenty of cold water, and you know, you know, I provide refreshments and everything like that, and Neosporin. You know, no. but they, yeah, I mean, but these are women that they're vets. Yeah, they, right. They're professionals. Like they, wow. they know what they need. They know what they want. They know what they like. Yeah. Wow. They're and not it? shy about asking for what they want. They're right. in other words. These are sexually empowered women. They're Definitely. empowered. Exactly. That's perfect word for it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I would like to know. And I know many people would like to know, are all the black males, are they all considered BBC? Do they all think that they're BBC? <laughs> <laughs> they, probably, they probably do. <laughs> yeah, do they all think that they're BBC? For the most part, yeah, they all think that. Are they all BBC? No. But then again, that BBC term is relative because what's big to one woman might not necessarily be big to another woman. Right. And like for me personally, I've never gotten a complaint about my size, but I'm not shallow enough to think that there aren't plenty of guys out there who are bigger than me. Mm-hmm. And my thing is, the moment you think that you're Mr. Hung Low is the moment you come across that woman who's <laughs> like, I've had bigger. <laughs> you know, so beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Right. If that woman thinks that you have a big dick, be happy. That's it. That's what you it know, is. Yeah. If that woman has had bigger, accept it. You right. know, because there are women who come who, they are size queens, and they are specifically looking for guys of a certain size. Yeah. yeah. And if you don't make the cut, so be it. Right. It is what it is. Don't take it personal. You know, you're not going to be big for everybody. Okay. I was going to ask you, are all the bulls at your parties black males? At my BBC parties, yes. My cuckold parties, no. Gotcha. Because okay. with cuckolding, and I said this in my first episode of my podcast, even though it might seem that it's an interracially driven lifestyle, it's not. Now, it is a big part of it. Sure. Mm-hmm. But when you're dealing with cuckold couples, I know couples that don't play with black guys. You know, so I have white bulls at my parties, at cuckoo parties. I have Latin bulls as well as black bulls. Now, my BBC parties, being that it is specifically a BBC party, sure. then yes, all the single males are black. Now, I might have a few Latin guys who I know who the women enjoy playing with them, so I'll have them, you know, but predominantly at a BBC party, you know, all of the single guys are going to be black. And that's not to say that all the women who are coming are black only. It's just for that particular night, that's what they want. It's like when you go to a steakhouse, like you specifically choose a steakhouse because you want a steak. Like you don't really want to go to a steakhouse when you want fish, you know, not saying that you don't eat fish, but when you go to that steakhouse that night, all day you've been thinking about steak. That's right. Yeah. So that's what you want. Right. Because, you know, white guys ask me all the time, you know, can I come? And I'm like, it would be very easy for me to say, yeah, but I don't want you to come if you're not going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And when those women come, they got chocolate on the brain. Like, that's what they want. You know, when they were home yeah. getting dressed in the mirror and they were putting on that sexy dress and those high heels and doing their makeup and making sure that their titties and ass look right. Man. They were thinking about black cops. Yeah. You know, so if you try to bring them a plate of fish over. They're going to be like, no, I don't want fish tonight. I don't want fish and chips. I wasn't craving that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah, I, want, I want a porterhouse. Yeah. <laughs> I want a tomahawk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what, that's what they want. So, okay, we've talked about a oh, lot. A lot, right? And this is very cool because you have a podcast of your own, man. And I encourage people to go visit your podcast and... 
go get schooled and listen in on all of these topics and find out a little bit more about maybe something that someone has thought about and maybe now wants to explore it a little bit more. Yeah. I think for a lot of women, I think it's fascinating for them to have different sized cocks and maybe they want to explore with a black dude or maybe they'd like to go to a party or maybe there is a fantasy for a gangbang. And the fact that you speak about all of these topics on your podcast is pretty amazing. So your website is keysandanklets.com. And that name, again, right. mm-hmm. the, the Keys, give us a quick insight on that name one more time for the people that are like, hey, Keys and Anklets, what's that all about? It's a podcast that deals with cuckolding and hot wifing because they're two separate lifestyles. Like there may be some similarities between them, but they each can stand on its own. Within the cuckolding community, being that chastity, even though it's not performed by everybody, it's a very powerful image. So the key is signifying the cuckolding aspect of it. And within the hot wifing community, the anklet is like sometimes couples will say, well, how can when we're out and about, how can we let guys know? Mm -hmm. So oftentimes a woman will wear an anklet of some type that lets men know that, hey, this is how I like to play. Now, that's not to say that every woman who wears an anklet is into the lifestyle, but sometimes she is. So that's where the name comes from, that those are two very powerful images and symbols within the lifestyle. Very cool. Oh, that's beautiful. In terms of an anklet or another piece of jewelry, is there an insignia or a shape or something that they can wear maybe dangling from the anklet that would denote, hey, I love this stuff? Like the black ring for swingers, right? right? Swingers wear a black ring. Is there something else that women can wear a piece of jewelry or something that screams, hot wife, cockhole? Well, when they're just getting started, it might just be a simple anklet, like just an anklet in itself, because mm-hmm. they're not to a point where they're that comfortable yet. But then as women get more bold, there are different types of anklets. There are anklets with the initials HW, which is for hot wife, or that you might see an anklet that has one female symbol and two or more male symbols on it. I'm, I'm writing all this you down know, right now. My ladies yeah. searching for that. Good. And for women that enjoy the interracial aspect of the lifestyle, it might be an anklet that says I Heart BBC or it might just be queen of spades is a very popular term in the lifestyle, mm. which mm. are the women who really, really, really enjoys playing with black men. So she might have an anklet that just has like a that little playing card on it. Yeah. You know, oh, okay. just a cue with a spade symbol on it. Right. So that's her way of letting people know. But one thing that I did want to get to, and I know that you guys didn't ask about this specifically, but this is to the bulls out there. And that is, if you really want to hone your skill, this is something that I enjoy doing and I always have. These couples are out and about. They go out. Like, you don't only have to meet them at parties. And one of the things that's fun for me is to meet a couple that likes to play this way, but meeting them in a vanilla setting. For example, a bar, a nightclub, you know, something like that, where you might see a couple and it's almost like honey. You're paying attention to them. You see them. It's like, okay, they're not really mingling with the crowd the way people who just want to dance are. And so I'll approach them. Nothing overt, nothing that's going to get me knocked out or anything like that or, or, or cause anybody to get upset. It's like a dance. You know, I see a couple over there. I'll approach them. They're at the bar. I'm at the bar. I order my drink, whatever. And I'll pay her a compliment. Something very superficial. Nothing sexual. Just, wow, that color looks really good on you. Or, wow, your hair looks really nice. Or, that's a nice color. You know, something that's not sexual. That's right. Mm -hmm. And the purpose of that first compliment is strictly to gauge his reaction. Right. Because if a man doesn't want you talking to his lady, 
he doesn't even have to say anything. Like his body language will let you know, hey man, step off. Right, right away. You know, so that first compliment is just to see how he's going to react to it and how she's going to react to it. Secondly, if I get a favorable reaction, like if I'm not getting any negative energy from them, you know, then I try to strike up a conversation, find out where they're from, you know, whether it's sports or music or cars or whatever, Mm -hmm. just finding something to get them talking. So you talk to them for a little while, maybe you offer to buy a round of drinks, And after that's been going on for a little while and I'm still not getting any defensive body language from them, then I'll step up the compliment. And then the next compliment may be something not necessarily sexual, but something to let you know that I'm checking her out. Like, wow, your legs look really good in those heels. Or, wow, that dress is really clinging to your curves. In other words, I'm checking her out now. Like, this is not a superficial compliment. This is a compliment that's telling you I'm eyeing your woman up and down. Mm -hmm. And then again, watch for the reaction. If he smiles, (laughs) if he opens up his posture, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm really big in the body language. So if he opens up his posture, then I'm like, okay. And usually, you know, you're in a club, there's music playing. I've come across very few women that don't like to dance. So then I might ask, okay, hey, are you okay with me dancing with her? Was that cool? Right. Right. And once you get in the dance floor, she'll let you know everything that you need to know. Sure. Like once you get her on the dance floor, that'll pretty much answer, you know, whatever questions you may have. Right. Because how many guys would actually agree to that? Right. If they're down, they're down. You're hunting. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so as a bull, it's nice to know that, like, it's nice to sharpen your skills in that way. Because it's easy to pick a couple out in a party because they're at a party. Yes. But how good are you at picking out that couple in a vanilla setting? And not all bulls can do that. Oh, that's skill. Some bulls would feel very uncomfortable doing that. But me personally, it's, it's something that, whenever the opportunity presents itself I like to do I don't get to do it as often as I used to but when the opportunity presents itself you know you like to see if you still got it can I still pick them out sure sometimes you strike out sometimes it goes nowhere but it's fun to do and it's like hunting like you have to enjoy that process everybody I know who's been an avid hunter or fisherman it's the whole process they enjoy they enjoy getting up at the crack of dawn they enjoy going out and buying the bait and they enjoy finding that ideal spot they enjoy the entire process so even if they don't catch that great fish or bag that prize deer, they still enjoy the process. So it's still fun to them. Yeah, definitely. Like it's not a results-based activity for them. And that's how I look at hot wife hunting. Like it's not a results-based thing. I just enjoy the process. That's awesome, man. I was going to ask you, like as part of your podcast, are you planning on including tips like this to make the single male or the bull understand his role or help coach him? What direction are you going with your podcast? I definitely want to talk to more people from all corners of the lifestyle. Interviewing other bulls is something that I definitely want to do. Yeah. What I would really like to do is to arrange some type of like round table where maybe I have a collection of bulls, maybe five or six other guys, and we just sit around and talk shop. You know, how do you handle the situation? How do you handle that situation? Yeah. So that you're getting a variety of different perspectives from guys who truly understand the lifestyle. Yeah, it's a great idea. Like I said earlier, there's a big difference between a real bull and a guy that just wants to fuck your wife. And the biggest difference is a guy that just wants to fuck your wife is the guy who might not necessarily understand boundaries. And I'll be honest, I've seen couples get divorced in this lifestyle. I've seen wives leave husbands for their bulls. Like it happens. Mm. It's because they let that guy in who didn't really understand a lifestyle and wound up falling in love with the wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Happen. You know, sure. And that's what you don't want to happen. So right. if you have a guy who understands his role, 
even if the wife is the one who catches feelings, he's experienced enough to recognize that yeah. and pull the plug on it before things go too far. That's right. Step aside. Whereas an inexperienced right. guy gets caught up in those emotions and next thing you know, now your wife is in love with him and he's in love with your wife and now she wants to leave you. Like, it happens. Sure. It happens more often than people would be willing to admit. Like, just in the past two months, I know of three couples that that's happened to. Oh, interesting. Huh. You know, and it's like the guys read from the same playbook. Mm-hmm. Like, their approach is always the same. You know, if you were mine, I wouldn't share you. Your husband must not really love you to let you play with all these different guys. Wow. Like that's, the, that's the angle that they go for. <laughs> wow. Fuckers, and God. unfortunately, some of these women succumb to that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There are potential pitfalls, but hopefully oh, people people absolutely. will listen to your podcast and do get their educated. own research, get educated, right. and understand how to handle things when those kind of situations come up and approach this kind of lifestyle if they're curious about it in a way that's going to be beneficial and pleasurable for everybody involved for the long term. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, one of the main quick pieces of advice that I give to couples to kind of get a quick idea of who you're dealing with is when you're dealing with a guy, say you've established that contact initially and you see that this is a guy that you might want to play with, have the wife approach him alone, whether through text or phone call or whatever, and basically just suggest, hey, my husband's schedule is really busy. He says he's fine with me playing with you by myself. If the guy jumps at that opportunity, mm-hmm. you want to stay away from him. Ah, gotcha. Especially if, if that's your first time meeting him. Meaning yeah. a real bull, his response should be, okay, if your husband is too busy, then let's plan this for another time when he's not so busy. Yeah. Correct. Because right. right. he needs to be there for the first, at least for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Right, we should have to work up to that trust level. If the guy is really eager and jumps on that opportunity right away and doesn't even ask, are you sure he doesn't want to be there or mm-hmm, yeah. doesn't even try to insist that he be there, right. then your radar needs to go off. Yeah, for the, sure. The bull's like, I'm outside. Ding dong. If he's that comfortable playing with you the first time without your husband being there, uh-huh. he's probably one of those guys that would be more likely to overstep his boundaries. He's probably Mr. Still Your Girl. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or at least yeah. if he suggested, look, I don't think this is a great idea, but let me talk to your husband let me text your husband exactly. he, at least if he tried right right but i like your exactly. like it should be more than just are you sure right that's right you know <laughs> like, like if all he says is are you sure you sure okay then yeah like like he should be willing to dig a little bit deeper like, <laughs> right. okay, well, let me talk to your husband to okay. make sure to see if he's really cool with it right to see yeah. if maybe we can find a time that he is able to do it like let's really right. go over our schedules and see because it's important that he be there. Yes. You know, See, that's like cool. that, I tell couples, that's a quick way of seeing just how much of a real understanding of the lifestyle the guy, because you're not dealing with a single woman. So you can't approach it like you're dealing with a single woman. That that's woman true. is part of a couple. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so that's, that's great that, that's advice. That's sense as far as that's concerned. No, that's um, amazing advice. Um, do you have any other tips like that? I mean, in closing, any tips you want to give people, bulls or couples, or is there anything else you, you wanted to mention or promote? I mean, nothing from a real advice standpoint, because I mean, this could be a three hour interview easily yeah. if I did that. But mainly just the things that I've already said, like for the bulls, fact finding and due diligence approach yeah. each couple as a blank sheet of paper right. and just fill in those blanks and ask those questions to find out what their particular play style is because no two couples are the same. And if you come off making assumptions, you make yourself look inexperienced. You make yourself look like you don't know what the hell you're doing. That's a you huge know? tip. 
And that's huge. Absolutely. Yeah. And for the couples, make sure that you're dealing with a guy who knows what he's doing and don't be afraid to ask for references. You know, because if a guy claims to be an experienced bull, he should at least be able to put you in contact with one couple that he played with. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. If a guy claims to be experienced but yet can't put you in touch with anybody, I would be a little wary. Like, yeah. Wow, you claim to have all this experience. You can't put us in contact with one couple that you've played with? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. No, that's, I think that's a very interesting point and a great tip for them. We had one single male reach out to us. Not only did he pay us several compliments, hey, I love your podcast. Oh, you guys are great. Mm-hmm. We enjoy it. I just gave you a validation on your Cassidy profile. This is a single guy. Never met him before. Yeah. He said, I just gave right. you a validation. Can you guys give me a validation, please, as a character validation? And of course, I said to him, look. Like why? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't know you like that. Uh, right. I'm like, yeah. You sent me a nice message. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to validate. Get out there and meet somebody. I know. Right. I, I, and I knew what he was doing. He wanted a validation from a wholesome couple, right, that people respect in the community yeah. so that he could be pre-qualified to go do his thing, right? Oh, look, Latino sex a couple. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was just amazing, mm-hmm. man. So look, your podcast is at keysandanklets.com. You do parties. I'm sure you'll have right. links on your website. And I want people to go to your website and go listen to your podcast. I mean, I know your podcast is being syndicated all through iTunes and you're on Spreaker, but mostly if they want to keep up with your episodes, it would be at your website, right? Keysandanklets.com. Yeah, that's the easiest way right now. You can subscribe right to the RSS feed from the website and you know that way you can listen to it through any podcasting app that you have on your phone or tablet. Those are probably be the two easiest ways. It's also on Google Play, so I know some people access it through that. Oh, that's perfect. Now, are nice. your parties named the same thing in case they want to search for you or will you just have that on your website? The interracial parties that I do, they're my after dark parties. The cuckoo parties that I do are called She Comes First. Oh, that's awesome. Hey, you mentioned something earlier in the pre-interview that I really enjoyed, and I shared this with my lady, and she started kind of moving her legs back and forth, <laughs> like getting getting a little wet. <laughs> and you mentioned the demeanor of the men when they're at one of your cuckold parties and how they're servicing. Right. You could see the love there, man. Yeah, I and love you, that. you're mentioning about the porn, how cuckold porn isn't really accurate, because there is that love component that I think a lot of people don't talk about. Now, you see that at your parties, right? Where the man is yeah, really showing his feelings for his queen, for his wife. Yeah, I mean, because in their minds, she's their goddess. That's how they treat her. When I'm at my cuckold parties and I have all of these couples there interacting with each other, you can just see it. You can hear the little side conversations going on behind you. And every husband, not only is he attentive to his wife, but every husband thinks that his wife is the best thing since sliced bread. Yeah. You know, nice. so, so cool. they're attentive to her. You know, do you need something to drink? Do you need something to eat? Are you too hot? Are you too cold? Are you comfortable? Do you need anything? Do you have enough water? Yeah. You know, like they are just so dialed in and focused on their wife having a great time. That's beautiful. You know, it's just a wonderful thing to see. It really is just to see a room full of women and you see how secure they are and how empowered they feel and how sexy they feel. Like all of them, no matter what shape or size they are, like they all feel sexy. Like they are all the embodiment of that goddess that their husbands see them as. There's no selfishness at all. Like the husbands aren't there checking out other wives. They are there solely to see their wife have a great time. And it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing to see. It really is. That's fantastic, man. Look, if some of your listeners, maybe they're newbies and they stumble across your podcast, then feel free to send them to us. We're very good for newbies in terms of getting them up to speed with the yeah. swinging side of things. If any of your people right. desire further education or maybe a different angle on things, absolutely send them our way and we'll take care of them over here. Same thing mm-hmm. with us. Anyone who expresses some interest in the BBC lifestyle or cuck or that type of dynamic, then we'll send them over to you. 
Is there a party coming up or anything you'd like to promote before we say goodbye? If anybody happens to be in the New York City metro area, I am having a cuckold party on the 14th, which is a week from Saturday. But I mean, space is limited. So, I mean, feel free to get in touch with me, even if you can't make this party. Maybe you can make another one. Uh, I'm sure I'll be having at least two more interracial parties before the end of the summer. I usually do like one or two parties a month, you know, just okay. depending on what style and how long it's been since I've done one of that type. But um, even if you can't make another party, I mean, you know, if you're real and you want to experience a party, feel free to get in touch with me. Just understand, especially for bulls that want to come, I have a very low tolerance for bullshit. Nice. So if I tell you and I talk to you and you tell me you're going to come to a party and you don't come, don't expect me to reach out to you. Oh, no, they're mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, like, Lakes are yeah, like I have no time for it. If you're not going to show some initiative, then I sure as hell, I'm not trying to blow your phone up and get you to come. Right. I don't have time for it. Right. Oh, no, there's so many people. <laughs> no, no, so many yeah, people that would yeah. love to be there that would be uh, happy to be there. Also, Absolutely. I can imagine, yeah. don't show up with a prosthetic if you're not truly a BBC, you know? <laughs> don't throw on one of those, <laughs> <laughs> those attachments that I saw at the sex shop, man. One of those attachments you put on top of your right. dick. <laughs> Oh, no. That's what I'd have to wear. I have to wear one of those. Anyway. No, you, you know, you, you definitely don't want to do that. Right. <laughs> no, but oh, that's good. It's, it's been a pleasure having you here today, man. Yeah, I'm, this has I'm, been great. Yeah, I'm happy that you were able to. Likewise. I mean, thank, yeah? thank you for having me. No, man. You know, look, I think our, our listeners are going to be very happy that they got a perspective of the lifestyle from your eyes, from someone who's lived yes. it for the past 17 years. Definitely. Not some, not, you know, you have a certain level of expertise. And when they want further education, they go over to your podcast. And, yeah. You know, and go listen to you over there. So that's going to be awesome. So I try to answer your questions and not stray too far right. off topic while still giving people enough to kind of chew on. And like I said, hopefully it'll inspire them enough to want to come and listen to what I'm doing mm-hmm. that's specifically about this lifestyle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But there's, there's definitely a lot more to it. Oh, absolutely. Well, hey, Michael, it has been a pleasure having you on this show with us. We really enjoyed hearing all of your information and you're definitely a knowledgeable gentleman about the lifestyle. And for all the listeners that have been hearing this, if you're intrigued about cuckolding or hot wifing, we hope this has given you a very nice introduction. And send us your questions because we'll have Michael back. Yeah. And have him elaborate on a different topic based on your questions. Definitely. Uh, now, Michael, would you come back and uh, hang out with us again and do another yeah, absolutely, episode? Absolutely. I would love to. Yeah. So guys, send us your questions. Let us know what part of the episode was your favorite, what you want to hear more about. If you've had an experience and you weren't sure that you handled it right, send those in to us because we can have Michael back and go over more stuff in detail and then continue the conversation. But for now, we are going to say goodbye and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, Mike. Bye, sexies. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Love, enlightenment, pleasure. The Priory Society Podcast.